0: Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from sunny California, and now I'm living in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Alex.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Alex Sure, I am from the Northeast part of China. I am speaking to all of you with Jason together in Beijing. Oh.
0: Uh, So I thought we would talk a little bit about what language means to our identity. That sounds very academic-y. I know, sounds profound. This came from a lady named Tatala's Weibo account. For those of you in America who don't know what Weibo is... What what would what's the closest equivalent to Weibo?
1: Chinese Twitter, almost Twitter. Yeah,
0: but it's got videos. I mean, it's more video oriented and Twitter's more text oriented. would you is that right? Weibo kind
1: of started just for, you know, started with texts. They were doing the same uh, word limit as as Twitter was, at least when Mm. I started using it back in like over 10 years ago. It was mostly just text. So she
0: is a she is an influencer on Weibo and she has millions of views for a video she recently made. Uh And this, so she's also a student at Harvard. So she's living Mm. in Harvard, in Boston now and attending Harvard. And she's getting a graduate degree. So this is a very smart lady, 24-year-old Tatala, explains in this video, which I watched, why, and she did it in a very academic-y way. She's quoting books throughout it. It was like a paper. Did you see the video?
1: Oh, I haven't watched the video. You should probably describe it for
0: people (laughs) that are listening. So she is uh, talking about how, her identity was basically kind of stripped from her as she started to learn English. And she talks about several different angles Mm. to which she attributes a decision not to continue pursuing learning the English language. Further than she has already done so. Yeah. So she's able to read, you know, Montesquieu in translation in English and stuff. So she's not like it's not like she's quitting where she still needs it. She's her English is very good. Um. So mm. she mentions what really started this chain of events that led to this decision was when she was In uh, primary school, so we're talking a long time ago when she was very young, Mm. the teacher put in a hat a bunch of different names that are English names and passed the hat about and each person drew by lottery. What their name was going to be, yeah. and so she ended up with the name Wency W E N C Y, <laughs> which is confusing to me. And I'm sorry, Tatala, but I've never heard this name in my life as
1: an American person. Yeah, what?
0: I, I'm sorry. I think your teacher is a cruel person, firstly. Yeah. But apparently, she struggled with it because she couldn't pronounce the W coming from Dongbei, as our Alex is from, mm-hmm. and she pronounced it Vency with a V-V-V sound instead of a W-W-W sound. So yeah. she had a great deal of trouble pronouncing her new English name. And uh, she never at that time really thought about the fact that she already has a name, Mm. a Chinese name, and that she just accepted the fact that everyone was going to take on their new English identity. Yeah. So Alex, I got a question before we get <laughs> into, there's so much to unwrap here because this story goes on. Where did the name Alex come from? Because certainly that's not your Chinese name.
1: Of course, it came from, the the real story is that back then, funny enough to Tatala's experience of drawing English names out of hats, my English name wasn't Alex when I, when I first started learning English in school. Mm-hmm. I was given the English name of Betty? Betty. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: very old school very old school 1930s
1: i mean my teacher didn't know better back then you know kudos to her she gave me an english name of, of english name of betty when i started junior high school which is like uh seventh grade i was like everybody else has like a two syllable English name Mary mm. Lily mm. Rose well rose is one syllable but I was like I don't want to be Betty like it sounds very common it sounds very mediocre I want something different mm-hmm. so I went to mm-hmm. I went into this textbook called the Cambridge inter international exchange textbook and I was like let me pick a name wow. that I think most people wouldn't be able to pronounce which is very contrary to the whole notion of having a name which is like you know a code of you in society I was like mm. I I, I want a name that nobody else could pronounce. So I went into the te- I went into the textbook and I was like, hmm, this name seems pretty long and it has an X and a D and an R. Oh, you know. So you went for the so, whole like
0: Alexandria or something? Alexandra. Alexandra. I was like,
1: yeah, I was like, I want this name. And then I brought that name back to my class and I asked the guy who had the best English in my class back at the time. I was like, my friend, dear, my friend, can you can you say this? And he said it in a very perfect, you know. Pronunciation. He was like, oh, Alexandra. And then he's like, oh, it's a very beautiful name. Nobody else will be able to pronounce it. I was like, all right, that's going to be my name from now on. Wow,
0: you wanted it to be difficult. <laughs> I am such a nerd. I know the etymology of your name. So yeah, do you know where Alex comes
1: from? I just know the meaning. I later looked it up. I know the meaning means protector of mankind.
0: Interesting. That's an interesting way to try to translate who this... So it's actually after a man. His name is uh, Alexander the Great. Yes. Alexander the Great was... Actually, this really interesting. So you have Confucius and you have Lao Tzu and you have uh, Sunza, and you have all of Amunzius, and all these other famous yep. uh, philosophers, three of the ancient philosophers were very closely associated in ancient times, in ancient Greece. So there was uh, Socrates, mm-hmm. and he Socrates trained Plato. So a lot of people don't know that, but Plato actually learned philosophy yep. from Socrates. Plato taught philosophy to mm. his student, Aristotle, and Aristotle mm. taught Alexander the Great, as it was just a young student, Alexander the Great was a prince and Alexander ended up rising to power and conquering central, let's say the middle kingdom. He conquered the middle of the earth. So he went from Greece, marching across north africa and the <laughs> middle east and he went as far as india and he created an empire that became the hellenic empire and a lot of cities were named after alexander mm-hmm. so there were cities called like alexandretta alexandria alexandra alexandria alex oh. and there was just all over the the middle east there mm. are these cities with there with the anglization is alex that were named after him mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of cities named and named after this man who died at i think 27 years old mm. uh, it's un- unclear why, but maybe he was poisoned. Maybe his cup had too much lead in it. No one's really sure, but mm. he-, he died young and then his empire broke into little warring. Anyways, yep. So, yeah, you have a very, very interesting and historical name.
1: Thank you. I mean, when I picked that name, it definitely was for a much simpler reason. (laughs) I just wanted to be I just wanted to be different. But there was a time there was a good half a year where I gave up my English name, Mm. but not for the same reason. Tatala. By the way, I felt like it might be a little necessary to say because people are probably when I read the article, I was like, oh, this is a little confusing because I thought Tatala was like someone from uh, wherever that name sounds like it's from. I'm like, oh, this
0: is her Chinese. Name doesn't sound Chinese to me, but I, what do I know? I'm American, yeah. yeah
1: so Tatala is like her, the the nickname of her social media uh, account. So that's uh, not her, uh, her real name, but like uh, the sound of it when you write it out in pinyin, it, it's like easily pronounced as like a foreign word, Tatala. But it's like Tatala. I know it probably sounds the same for a lot.
0: No, of I, can hear, I can hear the subtle change in vowel sound, yeah, yeah the tone yeah, change,
1: yeah. right? But that's her, their social media handle, which bears whatever meaning the she wants to give it but that's not her real Chinese name. My name though Alex I used it for a good I think four or five years and then there's this other guy in my high school he had an English name in high school. His English name was Adam he doesn't use not that anymore he uses actual Chinese name which is actually easier for a lot of people to pronounce because it's homing so it's very it's very simple. Um, He has reverted to that now. Everybody calls him homing mm-hmm. but in high school he had really really really, really good English and I was mm-hmm like oh your accent i like the sound you make when you speak english you know we didn't have an idea of what accent was and then he said oh you should call yourself Veronica because Veronica is this person in, I think, Prison Break. I've never watched <laughs> Prison Break. And he said, you should call yourself Veronica because it's a very good name. And then if you change your name to Veronica, then I can call you Vero. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. <laughs> so I changed my name to Vero. Um, I started emailing people and it'll come from my email address that says Alex. And then at the end of the email, it would I would write best Vero. And that confused the heck out of of everybody i was trying to contact they were like hold on (laughs) wait are you alex like who are you but in high (laughs) in high school I didn't use Alex as a you know an actual tag of who I am in society so Mm. I was like Mm. so what I'm Alex today I'm going to be Vero Vero tomorrow and then if I want to I could be I could be I could be Betty again who cares so I have a
0: question for you Betty (laughs) what's your what's your Chinese name or what do your parents call you
1: my parents call me Shenzhen because that's my Chinese name. my Chinese name is Shaoxuan, mm. which is not the easiest name to pronounce for people who don't speak the language. I will mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well,
0: I mean, they could just say, they could just drop the tones and just say Shaoxuan or Even the or X
1: sound is 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 a little trickier because the X sound. Or just tell
0: them SSH, right? Yeah,
1: I guess. <laughs> but they would, they would. Oh, God. It's the way... That name has been botched in the States. <laughs> I, every time, I think I've talked about this before, when I was studying in the U.S., the most nerve-wracking situation for me to go into is when I would have to go to any office place. That's not school. Mm. If I have to go to DMV, mm. if I have to go to the hospital or whatever government function that I have to go to, that's not the school that they don't know how to say my name or they, have to, they don't know who I am. They have to read my mm. name. Um, and there are other people from other cultures who also have non-English names. It's so, the waiting room is so, tor- it's such a torture. Because I mm. have to look out for any unusual sound when they come out. <laughs> and I'll be like, is that me? Like, do they mean me? Like, it's so... My it's, name is
0: Shirley, get away. What are you talking about? It's my turn. Yeah, because <laughs> they
1: will say, they will say Xiaoxuan, like the, because the name, the way that my name is spelled is X-I-A-O x u a n mm-hmm. all together okay
0: <laughs> yeah they might try to use a z sound they you
1: did know I, mean? I was called Xia huan uh xiao huan uh xia, whatever like oh, all
0: Zuan. oh
1: my god <laughs> you, right and they're like yeah. it's very hard for me to understand if you're trying to get my attention Or not. So Mm. me, so much anxiety when I go to those places. I was like,
0: wow. Yeah. You know, I have a similar issue with my English name here is I have every time I go somewhere, they're like, sign your name. Like, it's no big deal. Uh I have four names. So yeah, in in English. So every time I have to write my name, everyone's just staring at me (laughs) writing it for like, what seems like 30 (laughs) seconds. Because in America, I just go squiggle, squiggle. You know really quick that's my signature but they're like no you can't just do that you have to print yes. your name <laughs> and every document you ever sign in china so printing my really long name which has like 20 letters in it or something yeah takes forever every time i just like oh gosh i have my hand cramps practically from having to write my own name <laughs> Let's talk about identity because this is important for Tatala. This is about identity for her. She eventually reverted to being called by uh-huh. called her Chinese name and insists on being called by her Chinese name and refuses to have an English name, and which I think is great. Actually, I think it's a really beautiful thing. You should people should in, I think in the West, start calling people by their like yeah. their Korean name, their Japanese name, their Chinese name, the name that they, if that's what they want to be called, that's how they should be identified. I mean, if you're more comfortable with an ang- Anglicized name, great, then that's how you identify i think that's really beautiful too but i think you know people should be more open-minded to not just name everyone rose or christy or something <laughs> if, oh you're from china great another lily you know like, no offense to all the lilies out there but like you know if they want to be called you know or whatever that that's 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 fantastic and that that's what we should have to learn how to say their name so i want to talk to you when you're in america uh-huh. You just go by Alex because it's convenient and you don't have to listen out for strange sounds. Is that y- right? Yeah. you your thinking about how your identity takes on these different names? Do, do you change?
1: We've actually had a very profound conversation at one of our house parties that got a little mm. heated, you know, Um, my friend from germany he's like turkish with a german nationality and he was like why do you guys all have an english name you know like Mm. um because that's kind of like a western colonization
0: idea of who you need (laughs) to be colonized yeah
1: and then my friend said my friend said but you know we have an english name because we started having english names when we were learning english in school Mm. but in china and it's just kind of a fun game because that's a step of learning another culture when i was learning when i was learning spanish the first text in the textbook is like yo uh, uh oh god i don't guess I, I can't speak spanish anymore me llamo. uh uh, baby you know like it's like you yeah, started yeah, yeah you started learning these names i was that are
0: jason in french class <laughs> so i was like okay
1: <laughs> you know you started learning by you started getting to know some of mm-hmm. like the common names oh yeah um, in that culture and then you might be able to mix it with your like local names like in the chinese english textbook that Chinese kids use uh, at school. They're, they are Lilei, they're Hanmei Mei, but then they're also Jack and John and, you know, all of these names. And for us, it's like my friend said, we picked up that thing as part of learning English and we kind of stick with it because we, went on to study English in college and some of us graduated college and started working with international people. And it's easier for us to just go by that name. And it's, you know, when we had a new name, it's fun because you could like it, like what, what I did, you could pick her own English name. You, you get to name yourself. It was kind of fun. And my friend from Germany was trying to say like, you should be proud of your culture. My Chinese friend said that's exactly how we show that we're very proud of our own culture because just having a different name it's like having a different code Mm, for mm. yourself and society it's not going to change who we are you know we don't really think that's going to change us that's the kind of culture confidence that we have Mm. and then i was like see it's the same thing like when you guys come to china you want a chinese name because it's fun and we like giving you a chinese name because we get to give you the meaning of what chinese culture is and you know we get to tell you uh what name you choose for yourself is more chinese or not like for example this guy that we know, he insists on naming himself Bai Ma Wangzi, which means uh, 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 Prince Charming or Mr. <laughs> Mister Knight. Like he was using that. He was like, why can't I call myself that? Or like
0: culturally, it looks just a little too silly. Well, actually, that's really interesting that you bring that up because a lot of Chinese people choose names that don't make any sense in English. Cyclone. Yeah, well, I mean, not (laughs) even just cyclone, but just strange noises and stuff. I've had kids who their parents are like, they choose their kid's name and it's not an English name. And they're like, this is their English name. And I'm like, well, okay, it's not Chinese (laughs) but it's also not English. So, and we'll call them Vimian if you want, but I just want you to know that that's not an English name. You're making some sounds and saying that's their English name. So I guess the same thing kind of exists. There are rules, but I want to talk about French for a second because Uh French is one of those languages that has more rules than other languages and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, For if you have a new uh, noun. Mm-hmm. You can't just call it for like where it comes from, like skateboard. There's a council who will decide what skateboard is called and then tells skateboarders, you must call it this. Whoa. So I want to ask you a, uh-huh. a question real quick. When is your birthday? My
1: birthday is August 26th.
0: August 26th. So your French name is Natacha. <laughs> because every name in, Fr- in French traditional culture is named for the day that you are born. So my name is Jean. Oh, Convenient. Because the Fr- there's a French naming calendar. Whatever day you're born, you take the name of the day.
1: This is this is a real thing. It's a
0: real thing. Yes.
1: I am Natasha. Natasha. Yeah, a C
0: H. Yes. Natasha.
1: Wow. Okay. I like that. I am go- I'm going <laughs> to start introducing myself as Natasha.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, so I I also have a name background coming into China. So I took a Chinese class. Actually, I took I took one Mandarin class in San Francisco. Before I moved to China, uh-huh. my teacher named me Xie Wan.
1: Okay, like excellent uh, literature
0: uh, yeah <laughs> that's what she told me it meant too but then I got renamed by my Cantonese teacher uh-huh. Situ Jiawan.
1: Situ Jiawan. that yeah. is a and very... then
0: I came to China and I I met my wife and we were dating and I met wow. her uncle and her uncle was is this really uh-huh. powerful person who's extremely well versed in philosophy and history here in China and he said that's a terrible name wow. yeah, he said so you're going to be Shangguan Jiawan from now on there wasn't a do you want to be it was just like no this is your name now you are and yeah. so th- from then it was like s- that's my name now so i really like it personally yeah it's like a wearing a hat uh, it's my chinese identity sometimes people literally call me that as though it were my name and they don't even know my mm-hmm. name jason at all and i kind of like that it's like and even i've applied for a green card which we talked about yeah my green card will not say jason smith on it it will Shang sorry, Shangguan sorry yeah it's going to say shang guan so then i will legally become i'm so excited about this opportunity to take on this additional identity i
1: guess where we didn't talk about that in the episode about moving to china Mm. for every foreign nationality person coming into china when you register when you first move to the country they do give you a random like a chinese Mm. name on your system oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah mine was like jason or something like that yeah
1: (laughs) yes yeah and then it's, it's it's very funny like because you have to have a Chinese name to a company or English name to be put into mm. the system of a foreign um, national living in China. And then my friend, my dear friend, Jen, who's been here for a long time, and he's she's like, I really want a legit Chinese name. Like, I want to have a real Chinese name put into the system, um, because when I came here, they put in Jenny because her name is Jen, but she's like, I don't go by Jenny. I go by Jen. And they just like insisted on calling me Jenny. If they don't call you Jenny, they then just call you if it's something that they can't pronounce, they just call it like all the girls are called Maybe. Li. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, pretty. And so they're trying to have a legit Chinese name because they've been here for so long. They want something meaningful that also carries mm, mm, a story mm. like yours. Yeah, well,
0: you know, I always have difficulty shortening it, Alex. So you all have cool names, so like uh Xuanzuan or whatever. And my wife my wife is Xia Xia. <laughs> like that's what her parents call her, even though that's not her actual name. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. so when I have Shangguan wan people can't call me like Lao Shangguan. It doesn't sound right because there's three sounds, it needs to be two sounds. Yeah. And I was told that Wen Wen is too girly. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I, I end up with no cool nickname, which bums... take <laughs> <Lord,
1: yeah. laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Takeaway Chinese, where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. Takeaway Chinese. We will promise you a difference. From north to south, east to west, people in China
1: are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys.
0: You're listening to The Bridge. move back to the case of this lady who is viral on Weibo and Billy Billy. Yeah. I think her situation is a bit different because if you watch the entirety of her video mm. and she's also been written about so that I learned about her originally on Yahoo News an article by Reca- Rebecca Moon talks about her her case and I also looked at various other websites where she's mentioned including on the Harvard website mm-hmm. and on what's on Weibo.com there's an article about her as well and um, we actually actually Actually, me and our post-production expert, we talked to her on the phone about it. And we told her we were going to be doing this. For her, according to all these articles and her her own video, it's about the fact that when she went to study in the United States and Australia, she always had to read everything in English, and she became an A student. So she became an excellent straight A student, basically, mm. but having to learn everything in her second language and noticing that it was easier for other like Australians, for example, to become friends with each other because they had insider discourse with one another. Mm. And she eventually realized recently that she took a class where it was about Chinese culture. Mm. And in that class, all the stu- other students read the translations of those Chinese uh, pieces of literature. Yeah. And she read the originals yeah. and she noticed that the effort that she put into that class was way lower, and she was still able to get an A. And she suddenly <laughs> realized that she had been. Putting herself at at a disadvantage her entire life, yeah. like her entire academic life, basically up until this point, she had made everything like three four times as hard as it needed to be, mm. so that she could accommodate the institutions which she's studying in in the U.S. Mm. and Australia academically, and that she didn't want to have to identify as learning English as a second language anymore, mm. and that it was extra obstacle, and that people at these institutions didn't see the extra effort that she was putting in and appreciating it to the degree that, you know, it needed to be. And people weren't making the effort to befriend her to the degree to which she thought would be appropriate. So she has decided to only use English for according to the video, to order coffee. But obviously she's at Harvard. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to have to read some books in yeah. English, but she's not going to go above and beyond anymore to, like, get her Cambridge English dictionary out yeah. when she's studying. I
1: understand. I read the article. I... I, I- you know, I feel like this is as someone who was kind of, you know, through thrown into a society where a different language is spoken, you kind of have to make a lot of extra efforts to be part mm. of that culture. Yeah, I guess she's just given up on getting better. You know, like she's not going to actively seek to be better at English. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. I thought this was really interesting for a variety of reasons. And she points out some of those. This is a quote from her. Actually, I think she's quoting an academic here Mm -hmm. but it says native speakers found their lives easier not because the english their english is better than mine it is because they had the good fortune to be raised in environments where their native language acquisition coincides with the dominant linguistic group mm. so you know she's talking about the a- added work level she has to put into this yeah. but i actually thought it was really interesting and so i have looked at programs to study at some of the best universities in china i've never actually done it but i always toy with the idea mm. of someday going to yeah. Tsinghua or rinmen university one of the best universities in china and i always mm-hmm. play around with the idea so i've gone to their website They have a ton of programs that are completely in English. So here are some of the programs. Global MBA, School of Economics and Management, mm-hmm. completely in English. So if I wanted to go there, I wouldn't even have to learn Chinese. Yeah. Master's program in Chinese law. Master's program in mechanical engineering. Master of public administration. Master's of global business. Mm. Master's of public administration program. Master's in architecture. Master's in global, and on and on and on. I could just go down this list and bore you mm. so much more than I've already have. But like the, the my point is that those same kind of programs are not offered at Harvard. So at Harvard, you can do one of two things. Mm. You can study Chinese language. So they have Chinese language courses Mm. that are meant to help you learn Chinese. Or you can take courses about Chinese culture in English, and they have no programs to accommodate Chinese speakers or Chinese readers at Harvard in the same (laughs) way that many of Chinese institutions do for speakers of English. So we were talking in a previous episode about how great it would be more people to come to China to study to learn about Chinese culture. China has made that ridiculously easy (laughs) for foreigners to do because there are so many programs in English. Whereas the United States does not have the same opportunities for people who to come and study in their language of choice at our best institutions. And I think that is unfair.
1: I actually think, you know, that's it's a growing, not a growing pain, but it's just historically because China never went through thousands of years of colonization globally. Hmm. But, you know, UK was doing that. And that is the main reason why that English became a language that's spoken by everyone um, in the world. Like if you want to be able to communicate with people that are from a different country because of the historical reason um English is where it is today in terms of you know popularity and uh, how necessary it is to speak English to be able to, to kind of get out of a difficult situations or you know go to a different country and travel so I totally understand that um but it is changing a little bit like you know we try to be China tries to be really really accommodating to a lot lot of people and being able to you know offer things in english is probably just it opens a door you know because mm, we mm. it's also an incredibly hard language to just randomly pick up i would say yes, Mandarin? yes um mm. so you know if you offer these academic programs in english it's easier it's welcoming to people from different parts of the world so not just people from english speaking countries for um people from like other european countries african countries uh you know south american countries they could all as long as they all speak english they could come to china get the uh, the knowledge that they need to and everybody could speak the common language and i'm sure that as soon as they get used to it like my friends mm. uh some of friends from other parts of the world they've lived here they did their undergraduate degrees in english mm-hmm. And they are, their Chinese got so much better in the meantime. Mm. Now they're able to work in Chinese companies. They're just living <laughs> here. They've been here <laughs> for like over a decade. So like on China's side, it's not like, you know, we're trying to appeal to people that it's more like, you know, this is a easier way, more common way of gathering talents from different parts of the world to be able to come here. It's like a knocking on the door that's equal to everyone. And then for American programs, I do think it'll be great if there are more, for example, if you could offer <laughs> classes in Asian language like in different Asian languages if it's mm, Asian mm, studies mm, program yeah
0: if you're going to get a master's in Asian studies which is a popular major in a lot of big universities yeah why not offer some of those programs in Asian languages that does make a lot of sense to yeah. me. yeah I
1: guess there's not enough um immigrants yet
0: <laughs> like not enough <laughs> people from that culture to speak the language well, I think Mandarin is an increasingly popular language to learn globally now a lot of African students are starting to learn Mandarin in various parts of the continent over there. I do want to share a joke, and I'm sorry to everyone from the UK. You're mentioning how the English language sort of was part of a colonial Uh. history. And I actually read this meme today. Yeah. And it says, on an average of every six days in the world, a country celebrates its independence from Britain. It is the most widely celebrated holiday in the world. (laughs) But I
1: mean, it's history and we can't can't change history, but there are. But like you said, there are a lot of people. I don't know. I actually don't know his how to say his name in his mother tongue. But his name, uh, we know this guy, uh, this badminton player. Mm. He's called An Sai Long. And he speaks perfect Chinese. Like, mm, I don't know mm, if you, mm. uh, I think his English name is Victor. But oh my God, he's from Denmark. And for some reason, he never lived in China, but he just speaks very, very good Mandarin. Wow! Yeah, you should, you should it must look be him really up. Smart. Yeah, like, and he talks to his kid in Mandarin Chinese as well. I actually, just watched a video of him saying like Happy Mid Autumn Festival to Chinese people, and it's not even like he just learned how to say that to. To, to get more fans in China. He actually <laughs> speaks Mandarin
0: mm, very, mm. very well. Well, I remember when I first met my wife, her mom and dad, they were constantly telling me about this like one foreigner guy who goes on TV programs and he can use multiple accents from different provinces of China. And Uh I think the reason they were telling me that was like, hey, come on, what's with the not speaking Chinese? Well,
1: yeah, (laughs) I I know. I forgot if I told this joke um, on the show, but I was joking about, you know, when people say, oh, if you don't speak English, go home. (laughs) I was like, I never took that, uh, you know, personally. I was like, it makes sense. I understand. Now that I've come back to China, I tend to say the same to my friends. I say, speak a language we can understand. Just
0: speak English. I mean, this is not just me trying to compliment you. It is true. You speak very American English. I would say that you're accent is more American than mine (laughs) that's
1: ridiculous because like
0: I try to speak in a very like bookish kind of nerdy way Uh and you have much more like the street kind of like (laughs) hey what's up kind of uh, (laughs) angle to the way that you speak so I would say if I I didn't know you already and I just heard you on the phone I would assume you were from like you know California or something I
1: will I will say that it's funny that you said that. I think my language went through different stages as well. And I, and I think that speaks to everybody, who ever tries to pick up another language. Mm, mm, if, you're mm. really, if you really put a lot of hard work into learning it, going to classes, learning from a teacher or following the cassette tapes. Oh, sorry. Following online English videos. <laughs> <laughs> who has a cassette tape? <laughs> sorry. Cassette tapes was our, it was our, it was our time. Uh, our old days. Um, you will start speaking the language in a very formal way in the
0: beginning. Oh, like yeah, yeah, sound yeah. Like, Hello, my name is Alex. Yeah. My, <laughs> what is your name? My friend
1: Frank, <laughs> yeah. who went to the States for college, came back to visit. I remember we had this conversation where we were waiting for our food at McDonald's. And he said, you sound like a, a news anchor, like when you speak English. You don't sound like you're a normal person, like just having daily conversations. You sound like a news anchor. And
0: now cheeseburgers at McDonald's. Yeah, I would love to this have just a in. Cheeseburger. French fries. Yes.
1: <laughs> just in, cheeseburger. But um, I guess after I went to the States, people were like, oh, your accent. I was like, well, I don't think my accent really changed is kind of the the rhythm of your speaking. Mm. Um, and I'm also very receptive and self-aware of the way I sound. So I guess I tend to pick up on a lot more. And I guess go, going back to where the whole conversation started, I think Tatala was probably just saying that I'm not going to consciously pay attention to how my english is whether Mm -hmm. i say a perfect sentence whether i make any grammatical mistakes or whether this word is pronounced perfect or not it's just like as long as i could be understood i'm not going to put any more effort into making myself sound more American. Well,
0: she ends up saying talking about the plurality of her identity. I, yeah. And she says, quote, I speak the plurality of my identity. And that's one of her new reflections that showed that she can identify as someone as an English speaker and have an English conversation. And she can identify as a Mandarin speaker and have a ma- Mandarin conversation. And she feels like these are not the same identity. That the <laughs> language that she's u- using shapes her personality in that discussion. And Now, for me, my Mandarin is not very good, but I can have very simple conversations when I go out. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in those very brief uh, simple conversations, I feel like, okay, yeah, I'm I, I I'm not identifying as a Chinese person, but yeah. I'm identifying as an immigrant in China who's able to formulate their uh, speech in Chinese and it makes me feel happy, proud of, of myself. And then I have my English speaking identity, which just is like, <laughs> you know, me blathering about something. Uh, but you are actually fluent mm. in English and fluent in Mandarin. And I wanted to ask you when you're talking with other people, maybe you have other people in your life who are also fluent in English and also fluent in Chinese and when you're talking with them if you speak in Chinese or if you speak in English how does that affect how and what you communicate? I've
1: always said that language is the presentation of what thinking is behind that language and the thinking comes from a cultural and historical progression so when you, when you do pick up another language even mm-hmm. if it's just simple conversations like you said just saying hi how are you what are you doing you are speaking what this whole group of people have accumulated and evolved in the past like centuries of how they mm-hmm. think so it, it just by nature it changes the way you think again you might not be aware of it but once you speak more language mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. a different language the way you think the way you look at the world definitely changes and then as a reflection mm-hmm. it changes your um behavior changes your identity a little bit for example i tend to i tend to throw more hand gestures when i speak <laughs> english like i tend to be more animated
0: when i'm mm. speaking english Interesting. So I don't I'm not like that in Chinese. You're I guess. more formal or just standing there with your hands in your pockets or something. I
1: haven't had to make very formal speaking in Chinese. So I haven't had that, mm, you know, mm, situation. Mm. I also learned this because I felt like we started I studied English translation and interpreting in college. So most of our presentations were done in English. And then when I went to the States, I studied broadcast journalism where I have to speak on camera. So like most of the occasions where I was I was needed to be formal, it was in English so i picked up this whole you know how the public speaking thing where you have to like pinch your your thumb and your mm-hmm. forefinger together and then you 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 kind of pump your fist close to your you know close to your head and trying to make a point and that's how you get people to pay attention to what you're saying um so i picked up all of those things hmm. it's just as a way of learning and now when i try to express myself and um especially if i'm saying english even at the very moment right now if you look at me my hands are up in the air like really
0: yes <laughs> i didn't picture you like that <laughs> yes my hands are
1: my hands are i'm still now now i'm like super self-conscious like I, <laughs> but no one
0: can see you i'm waving
1: i'm waving my hands just for whatever i'm trying to say yeah like right now when i'm speaking if you could see me <laughs> i both of my hands are up in the air and if i not up in the air i'd be kind of like you know playing with my fingers and s- s- something. But if you're if I'm having a presentation in Chinese um, at work, my hands will Most likely not move, and it's not like I'm making conscious decisions every time before I start speaking in one language, and I'm like, this is how I'm going to present myself.
0: I was going to ask some other questions, but actually, while you're talking, I was thinking about something. You know, I did not have, I don't have the same experience as you, but I did actually study many languages. I took two years of German, I took two years of French, I took two years of Hindi, Mm -hmm. I took a year of Mm -hmm. Cantonese, and one semester of Mandarin. And I've studied Mandarin since I've been here, and I studied Korean while I was living in Korea. So I know a little bit of a lot of languages yep. what i notice is that sometimes in some other languages there are words that represent idea that doesn't fully translate easily or it does translate but it takes many more words like oh, in, in all the time yes korean they have a word yes Hurry. it's 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 an utterance <laughs> it's a sound and this means yeah. i feel very frustrated and maybe we shouldn't talk about this uh-huh. but you could just say one sound And that (laughs) has a lot of information buried in it that doesn't exist in the same way in English. So I think what's interesting about maybe identity and language is that you were talking just a few minutes ago about the history of Chinese, the history of English, and how the, the histories of these languages play into how we communicate and the identity we assume. I think part of that is because the structure of that language facilitates particular ideas be more emphasized than others because those are more prevalent in its the way that the discourse operates. So Definitely. the language forms the shape of the ideas and directs the conversation itself.
1: Absolutely. And it's the certain things like, for example, this is my guessing, the different ways of saying, you know how we say, Chinese people say, we say red sugar to mean brown sugar, right? Yeah, yeah. And
0: red tea is... is, is yeah,
1: yeah, red tea is black tea. Yeah. And I'm like, it could very possibly be the fact that... Or you could easily if you really try to be uh, interpretive when you look at how things are described, you could say, oh, then it's probably makes sense that red sugar is consumed as a soup like they make they put that into water because once you put brown sugar into water, the color of the soup is red. Mm. Same with tea, Mm. like with black tea when you put it into water when you make it then that the tea the color of the tea with the water in it it's it's reddish it's not black but like in it's probably used differently in other culture or whatever and that's what the way they describe it is different like that I'm pretty sure there are a lot of things behind how different how same items are described in different ways in different cultures and it, it tells like how people in the old days were using them or how they looked at like their the ancestors or looking at different items and that speaks to mm. you know uh, some like for example maybe the weather back then was really cold and there was popular in the northern region that's mm-hmm, why mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. called it
0: the red sugar we talk about confucian values sometimes in the context of foreigners trying to understand china you know in korea Confucius is also very popular. Their language actually mm. reflects this these degrees of respect. So if you want to say hello to an older person you might say annyeonghaseyo. Mm. If you say hello to your friend you might just be annyeong. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Annyeong yeah, I know that too.
0: <laughs> you, I know Chinese people love Korean dramas. Yes. But, but you know, you have that in Chinese too. You have ni and neen. Yes. So if you add the N sound at the end of ni, you end up talking in a more respectful way to maybe someone who is like... More
1: senior. More
0: senior in yeah. some way, whether it be age or something else. And yeah. so it's embedded in the language. And in English, we don't have that. You have you. <laughs> if you want to call someone sir or ma'am, you can, but that's a whole additional word. Yeah. What we're talking about is the... The actual word you would just use for you would be an entirely different word um. depending on the context like if i was going to meet like i don't know the governor the mayor of beijing i certainly would not say ni nee, i yeah. would definitely be it would definitely be nin, yeah. <laughs> because he would be so much more like higher in seniority to me culturally you know in society yeah so like it's embedded in the way that we actually talk in some languages mm. and so the shape of language so I, I going back to this lady i think it's really fascinating that she brings this issue up now i don't have the same um holdups as she does about like names and things
1: yeah but i think that
0: her experience (laughs) of it has probably been deeper and in a and maybe in a very particular context that her own ideas resonate with her in the way that they do now
1: i i i don't know if you uh saw the news there was kind of a a trend of uh peeling off your english name on the dorm in Colombia, a whole like a a group of chinese students they got rid of their english name on the door and they put their chinese names on it and Mm. that caused a whole lot of not debate necessarily but definitely very heated discussions even among chinese people ourselves Mm. Mm. And, and for me like i said in the beginning of the show for me i don't think having an english name you know, takes away my Chinese identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's the same for other people, people that are from foreign countries who live in China right now. Having a Chinese name doesn't take away from their identities. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It's very much about making just a little bit effort to be about another culture. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's it's all fusioning together in a good way. And for people who want to use their names i think if you're proud of your name like if you want to be if you don't mind that if you have the patience to teach other people how to say your name because i i know that a lot of people most people that we meet whether you're a foreigner living in china or a chinese person living in another country Mm -hmm. you will meet nice people most of the time Mm -hmm. and if you if they really want to learn your name and if you just go by your if just use your name and you have Mm -hmm. the patience to teach them I'm sure they will be willing to to learn or do the best they can. Like, for example, I don't think (laughs) a lot of people will be able to say like Xiaoxuan. Not like that. But if you say Xiao Xiaoxuan, like I I may be Mm -hmm. able to just understand that um when i was in the states i i wouldn't say my name is alex mm-hmm. sure i would say my name is alex she because like the shi sound <laughs> i've been called mr shy miss should miss she you know and i was like okay i guess she is the simplest way to say it but when i came after i came back like my friends here i remember i was doing comedy once and my friend eric brought me on mm-hmm. um because uh, he knew me as Alex. We never call each other by our full names. So when he brought me on, he was like, oh, next comedian. Da, 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 da. Alex, sure. I was like, oh, OK. I guess that, you know, it, it works now. Like people are mm. able to pronounce it very closely to what the actual sound is. So for me, I, I really I don't feel like that's a, like a pillar move to have to reclaim your identity. If you're really proud, you, you can really ask people to call you by your own name and it's it's okay it doesn't have to be done in a ang- angry yeah yeah
0: exactly i mean I, I, she doesn't come off that way either she, yeah her video uh is really just kind of playful i i, I do think it, okay this is really interesting while you're talking i'm thinking mm-hmm. about like say your name is javier And you come, you move to America, and they're like, "Oh, that's very difficult." Well, okay, Javier is having to learn English. Javier is having to learn about your entire culture, your entire history. Yeah, you know, like all the context and and how far to stand from someone in your culture. You can learn Javier. How to say his
1: name. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can learn how to say his name. You know name. this
1: actress? I don't know if you watch the show Orange is the New Black. I've seen it. I've
0: seen it. I haven't actually
1: watched it. There's a either. very uh, well-written and well-performed uh, character called Crazy Eye, Susan Crazy Eye. And mm. the actress, her name is Uzo. Her real name is uh, Uzo Amaka wow. Abuda. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's an African name. So Abuda is, is, is her last name, and Uzo Amaka is her first name. So, like, ever since a little child, like when she first went to school in the states people are like the kids you know kids are kids kids would be like I don't and she went home. She's like, mom, kids don't know how to say my name. And her mom just said, why don't you teach them? Mm, mm, mm. And Instead of saying anything. And you know, also like she went back and taught people how to say her name. Until today, she's still Uzo Amaka. And then in short, people call her Uzo. Mm. So, I mean, if you really try to help people out. And uh, like you said, if I have to learn your entire culture, or your language to be here, then spend a little effort to learn a name. That's, that's something that I'll just, I take 99 steps. You take one and we meet in the
0: middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah Dive into the sports world with Sideline Story, our weekly podcast that brings you the most up-to-date game analysis and news from the latest sports action. Who
0: didn't trouble the London side at all, but could argue they should have had a
1: penalty. It's really it's difficult, difficult for a player at age of 39 to compete.
0: I don't know what
1: it is about Nadal, but when I see him play, I can feel his personality. Really... Whether you are a die-hard supporter or an armchair fan, hop on and enjoy the ride. (laughs) Subscribe to Sightline Story on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing roundtable 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 connecting china and the world we bring you fun and timely discussions about what's
0: affecting our lives everywhere every day tune in to roundtable where the east meets the west and understanding is the goal you're listening to the bridge Okay, let's talk about her again, Mm. Tatala. I hope I'm saying that right. She actually, this happened to her in primary school. Mm. So she didn't, it wasn't an adventure for her as much as something that was foisted upon her. So it might be different for her than for like me for example when I finally decided to start learning Chinese I was in my 30s Mm -hmm. and it was like hey this is an exciting adventure that I've chosen to go on and like (laughs) so I think it might be different for different people I have a very good childhood friend I'm not going to say his full name Mm -hmm. but his mother she was named by her parents with a boy's name and she eventually changed her name to uh, to a girl's name because she was uncomfortable with the boy's name that her parents had given her Uh, when I was friends with her son Mm -hmm. I attempted to give him Nick Names because it was just something to do right we were like 12 or 13 and we would give each other nicknames she was so upset Aww. and she was like you can't call yeah. him anything but his real name he he didn't mind but she minded because i think her experience with her personal identity as a young girl, had affected her perception of what people are called matters. Yeah. And so I think for different people, we need to be sensitive to what they want to be called. So if you are cool with being called Alex, I'm, I'm okay with Kelly calling <laughs> you Alex. If someone else is like, no, my name is and they have some, you know, Indian name or Chinese name that they are very comfortable with, then I think that's what we should respect because people's identity is sensitive to them. Yeah. And if for us it's playful and other people is sensitive, then we need to be playful with some and sensitive it, with I others. I think
1: that is a very rule of thumb for a lot of the social issues nowadays. Really, like if just if it's about another person, what whatever they want to be called, or, or you know, just respect the other person instead of forcing other people to conform. Um, if you if you feel like if it doesn't fit in what you think, like I think calling you Ziwen is easier, but you calling you Jason is harder. So I'm just gonna go about what's easier for me. <laughs>
0: I'm going to twist the topic for our last few minutes here and talk slightly about money. And I know this seems like Ooh, it came out of nowhere. I like yeah, I like money too. <laughs> if you have any extra, you could give it to me, don't worry. So on Chinese money, yeah. the writing yeah. of minorities in China. So the ethnic minorities mm. of China, their writing is represented on the on different parts of different bills in Chinese cash. Yeah. Which is does not exist in America. No, no, people will immediately say, Oh, there's Latin on it. It says, you know, Novus ordo seclorum, new world order. Uh, but that is a dead language from Rome and the Middle Ages among the clergy that is not like Spanish or French or Mm. some other large ethnic group that exists in the United States today. Mm. So I I think that's really interesting that China made the choice to include their minorities language on money. It goes back to what we're talking about, the language of identity now, Yeah, because Chinese money represents the minorities in China. And in a way, it's part of the identity of the nation. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I guess
1: it also goes back to what I thought when we learned that America is the melting pot as a kid. I was like, China is more of a melting pot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have more ethnicities, and they are all like individually who they are living here, and they're not, you know, trying to be. Uh, they're not like, you know, we speak Mandarin better than other people. That's not something that they're super proud of. I
0: mean, I don't think I don't think it's it's impossible. I think in the future, maybe, it's, you know, America is changing. It's possible that America will eventually change its cash to include a little bit of Spanish or something else, mm-hmm. because, you know, some of the symbolism on money only came around in the 1950s, actually. So before that, like the pyramid, for example, which is, you know, used for so many different uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories now wasn't on. <laughs> the money but actually came yeah. much later in america's history so i don't see that it can't change that america can't begin to adapt because i don't think that there is an official language in america english is the national language but mm. not the official language mm. america doesn't have an official language there's nothing preventing the united states from modifying its money to be more inclusive of it, the cultures of which it is you know comprised
1: exactly and it's only making spending money easier more convenient for everybody who live in the United States?
0: I actually want to talk about the naming thing too, because I have been an English teacher here in China for about ten years, uh-huh. and almost every no, no, I want to I want to change that. Every student I've ever had has been had a uh-huh. an English name or a name that parents thought was English foisted upon them it was never me and when yeah. i met some kids i had a i had some kids uh. they were like ting ting i would i preferred yeah. to call them ting ting but their mom was like yeah. no you must call them tina <laughs> we've decided that this is tina now yeah. i'm actually talking about a real person yeah. sorry ting ting <laughs> she's like six <laughs> yeah but like you know i think it's really fun for the parents to like oh this is my daughter's english name but you know i think it's also not necessary like eventually the child can choose its own name or choose their own name i had a girl mm. she was my student for a long time she did choose her own names she was obsessed with disney princesses oh god and uh, and Let i was her teacher for four or five years go ahead guess her name is ariel her name what once one of her names was ariel <laughs> the reason i say one of is about every year she watched the newest <laughs> disney movie that she her parents and got her be- and <laughs> change her name she was Ariel, then she was Rapunzel, oh my God. then she eventually became Elsa. That's adorable. I don't know what she's called today, but like she was constantly what I whatever princess she was identifying with became her new identity. That's
1: very adorable, I have to say. That's kind of cute. Yeah, and her
0: parents were totally cool with it. You know, she'd just show up in a new dress and say, Now I'm Rapunzel. Oh yeah. okay, Rapunzel. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's <laughs> like that's just how like how I changed my name into Veronica. I guess I could just every year change my name into the most popular <laughs> network show. Who's the most
0: popular? <laughs> character in network television uh, right
1: now I, I i don't even know the i still watch the old ones i still watch grace anatomy well, well there you are go. not gonna become meredith
0: <laughs> all right alex I, I was gonna say all right meredith but we have already agreed to call each other by the names that we prefer that is all the time we have for the bridge a show that connects east and west thank you so much for your time today alex
1: thank you jason always lovely talking to you